everyone. Grace and peace to you. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, and I am here with my friends Brian and Toby. You guys say hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. And we are talking about God's forever kingdom. And really today we're talking about the practicals of the implications of this teaching and implications of the kingdom. And so before we start, would you guys want to just introduce yourself and tell everyone my question is, what is your favorite kind of donut? Toby. I'll start. Um, <laughs> my name is Toby. I'm the leadership care and support manager. 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 Oh. Manager slash minister. Okay, it feels cool. both. Uh, I'm the directional, well, whatever. Um, that That is me. My favorite donut is there is this, there's like a, a chocolate covered donut bar with um, with cream in the middle. I don't know what Delicious. they're called. Eclairs. But uh, is that, Maybe? are those eclairs? But That's they're like big, they're like huge ones. Oh. They're like loaves of bread. Oh, wow. Uh, and there's this place. Uh, where do you get this donut? Yeah. Actually? So there's a place <laughs> on, um, gosh, where, this is on 24th and, I want to say it's Guerrero out there. Hmm. Kind of like the entrance to the Nori Valley Strip. Uh-huh. Oh, they nice. have this donut shop at the corner, just their cash, cash only. Happy no, it's donuts. Happy. No, it's not. Is it? No, I don't know if it's happy. Is it happy? It might be happy it donuts. Is. But they, you go there, and then they only have the the bars, and then they just put the cream on there for you. Oh. Right? It's so good. It's wow, delicious. We're hungry. We got donuts. Yeah, I know exactly. Brian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian here. Uh, I'm the parent and family support coordinator here at Reality San Francisco, and my favorite donut simple, just something with jelly in it, man. Just got to be oh, yeah. nice, fresh. It's all about the donut itself. You like the Berliner, huh? I do. Ooh. Wow. My German friend there, he's got the inside track. It's awesome. Yeah, and mine is just, you know, every kind of donut, but also donut holes. They're oh, like you're easily donut accessible. Person, yeah. You can have like 20 and just it, feel that's like you the problem, one. Though. You end up having 20. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what we're talking about is not donuts, but that was a great intro. Thanks, guys. But we don't know if donuts will be food <laughs> in, the, in the, kingdom. the kingdom. Yes, they will. We hope. Yeah. Yes, I will. hope so. Jesus would Too much that. sugar, though. Yeah. I don't know if Jesus is all about processed sugar. It wouldn't be. It'd be like heavenly honey. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, like from the promised land. There you go. Right. Exactly. Milk and honey made Fresh. donuts. Honey. Yeah. Somebody's got to open a donut <laughs> store with that. Yes. Milk and honey donuts from the promised land. It'd be like 20 bucks a donut though. It would be. But that's like normal price for donuts in San Francisco. All right. So we're moving on. And what we're going to talk about today, I am, we are really excited to talk about this, but just the practical implications of the kingdom. And I'd love for you guys to share um, what's something that stood out to you in the last two weeks from our sermon series that of God's forever kingdom. I, I would say the first thing that kind of sticks out to me is um, the re-emphasization of Jesus as being Lord of a kingdom, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just, I, th- I think that goes, that that's just not my thinking a lot of times. Mm-hmm. That Jesus, if he is, if he has a kingdom, if he's over, like over a kingdom that is not worldly, but that's otherly, but that is in the world, it needs a Lord, right? Coming from Germany, right, we, we have like, Tons of castles, tons of kings, all these reigns, right? At one point, Germany was considered like a, a patched up carpet because of so many different kingdoms that are in there. But they all had a ruler. And because you have so many, you have so many castles over there, because each little kingdom was just like, sometimes even just one city mm-hmm. had its own kingdom and had their own king. But it was a ruler that ruled over that kingdom, right? And so in order for there to be a kingdom, you need a king and a lord. And I think Jesus 
rightfully is the Lord of that kingdom. It needs to be the Lord of that kingdom, as we've seen through the teachings that they've gave over the, the time. I think mm-hmm. that's a huge thing that stuck out to me as Jesus is Lord. Yeah, great. Brian? Mm, so good. Uh, probably the biggest thing for me was how we use that language of the inbreaking kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it struck me that that means that he's coming in and he's seeing that something's not right. And that's why he has yeah. to kind of repair and renew. And I think the Bible talks a lot about transformation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right because our world is kind of based on a lot of fleshly things. It's broken. We mm-hmm. talk about that a lot as believers. And so, uh, and I want to tie it in because one of the best definitions I heard of transformation at a conference a few years ago was, I want to get this right. It's basically like renewed actions aligned with their values under the same stress and pressures as before. Oh. So you're still in the same mm. world. You're still encountering the same cultural pressures and stress and work, and it could be uh, media messages or whatever you want to talk about. You know, and Dave was touching on politics, you know, recently, and so that's part of it, right? These kind of pressures on a stress, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. go red, vote mm-hmm. blue, you know? It's like mm-hmm. the world has a lot of messages, and so mm-hmm. I love how this is a definition that says align with your values. So mm-hmm. it always has to do with who do you want to be as a person, mm-hmm. and then how can you make yourself become more closely aligned to that in your behaviors and your actions. And so um, I really believe that's like biblical and that's how like the inbreaking kingdom works on an individual level. And then that can become systematic too, as enough people jump into that and say, yes, this is what I want. I want to align myself with the principles of mm. Jesus, our Lord. Mm-hmm. Even as Toby was mentioning the Lordship, he is King. Mm-hmm. And that's how we align ourselves in the kingdom and mm-hmm. become like true citizens of that kingdom and living into that um, is by allowing God to transform us. And mm-hmm. so I think that's, a big part of the work that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm resonating with that. I think the thing that stood out to me was that phrase, the already but not yet. And for me, I'm just becoming more aware of the tension that involves not necessarily just in my own personal life. Like I love how Dave had mentioned we're building kingdoms. And is it a kingdom for us or is it the kingdom of God? And so for me, I'm just becoming hyper aware that that tension is actually a really cool indicator that we are possibly doing something correct. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we are on the right path when we feel that tension of the already not yet of Mm -hmm. God's kingdom. And I'm like aware that I want to pursue that. And then also it breaks into like every area of our life. It's not just my life. It's how I affect other people's lives too. And so I'm just taking that away as kind of this like drinking from a fire hose thing of like, what? And okay, I feel the tension. I'm going to keep pursuing that because I think this is, this is the area and way that I want to go and and just pursue this. So, and I think it's, it's so Mm -hmm. good to hear that, like that you feel the tension because a lot of times I think when you hear these principles and these values that Jesus, you know, installs and passes on, you feel like you're the only one with attention. But then you get into a room with just two other people and you're like, well, we all feel the tension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not just me. And then you, you, you go abroad, you're like in the whole, it's like the whole church feels attention, right? So everybody feels attention yeah. towards like, what are my, what are my values? Mm-hmm. What are the values of the kingdom? What are the values that the world pushes upon me, right? That I need to show up. It's like this consistent tension. Yes. Yeah. And I think Toby, yeah, it's so great. Like we shouldn't be surprised as Christians that we will experience this tension. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it isn't just an easy fix to live the way Christ lives you know so um yeah thanks guys i want to get more practical um and going through different topics like marriage and raising kids and friendship and work and you know our possessions and that kind of stuff um but 
in order to kind of frame this, like I would love to go through each topic and just talk about practically like how this shows up in our lives, maybe personally from your stories or things from our community that we um, want to share just how we do that and how we are encouraged to keep doing that. And so the first one I want to look at is how does marriage look different in the kingdom? <laughs> that, that's a hard one but we'll go there uh i think we're from, laughing because we're tense like because yeah. yeah. the tension is here the tension is here yeah. <laughs> yeah well i i like to think about this in the paradigm of like i said earlier that when god is coming in to repair it means that something mm-hmm. is kind of broken and so mm-hmm. again the pressures of the world usually being in opposition to what god's kingdom mm-hmm. wants to do and yeah. you look at the way our culture views marriage and it's different worldwide so i'm just talking from our kind of very american western uh, worldview here are marriage is often looked at as you should feel lots of love being married should really make you happy those are probably like the primary messages that our culture likes to say of like this is why you should pursue marriage so someone can be really nice to you and love you all the time <laughs> and you know you'll feel really happy and that's really far from the truth mm-hmm. really far from mm-hmm. the truth i think the bible is very clear that marriage is ordained to be an expression of god's love and commitment yeah. to his people and we were just joking about how marriage actually should be hard-ass work. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon the phrase, that's but right. it should be. <laughs> it actually should be work yeah. because that's what yeah. God has done for us, you know, and continually to pursue his people, yeah. continuing to show up for them, continuing to forgive, continuing to be gracious and extending love and kindness. Um, and so for me, even looking at this conversation, I thought about you could name so many characteristics of God in the kingdom, but I just looked at Exodus 34, just really, really mm-hmm. easy, simple one to remember is our God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So you just have five mm-hmm. things right there that mm-hmm. really help make it really simple for us to think about how can I do that mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. relationships. So in marriage, you need to be that or else your marriage is going to be really, really rough. Mm-hmm. You know, If you're not being gracious and compassionate towards mm-hmm. your spouse, it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Well, then, and then if you if you can't do it towards a spouse, somebody that you love and spent every day with, yeah. um, somebody you care for, right? How can you be that for anybody else outside of that, mm-hmm. right? That you can easily just be like, just cut it off, be like, mm-hmm. well, I don't, I don't like you anymore, therefore I'm, I'm gone, you know, or you're gone, you're out of my life. For that yeah, right. I'm just thing. gonna take a little break here. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it does happen, unfortunately, yeah. but that's yeah. where I think people are coming to marriage with the wrong paradigm. They're coming into marriage expecting right. you're going to make me happy. My life is fulfilled. I found my soulmate. You know, this is very romantic language yeah. that comes with marriage mm-hmm. that I think our culture has got wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, bringing back the tension language, that I think that's, you know, we'll, you experience that in friendships, in mm-hmm. close friendships, you feel the tension already too, kind of like with, with values, with perspectives on that. And you just, you experience that even on a high, like on a higher level in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I look at, um, me and uh, Kristen, we, you know, we, we both love Jesus, follow Jesus, but sometimes we just express that differently, right? Mm-hmm. Like my values, what I express, uh, how I express them in the kingdom of God are different than hers, but they're not, they're not necessarily conflicting, but they're like, maybe she doesn't prioritize something as much as I do, um, but she prioritizes something else into there, right? So it's like, how do you, how do you then still find the commonality of how you together pursue the kingdom, the kingdom work of, of God, right? And some things like, and we, we might get into that later with the kids, is like you're automatically like, you, when you have kids, you're automatically, your job as a parent together is to install kingdom values in, a kids, in kids together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you just, but you just always feel this tension. There's always this tension around you. It's like, well, I think I value this, but you value this. And um, 
and both not, not it's not that any of them are wrong it's just that they're different perspective on a, on a different value that it's just that's harder to come alongside one another sometimes but um mm-hmm. but you know as a unit you can be so strong right there's mm-hmm. like and I, I, I remember, it reminds me of this um the verse in uh, i think it's ecclesiastics like uh, a, a bond of two is strong but a third with a third cord is even stronger i think mm-hmm. we, you know um it's like if god is in the middle of what you do in your marriage if you're kingdom focused you can actually do a lot more and a lot better together yeah, I think one of the things that I look at this is like marriage as a single person, I actually have to do my work of the kingdom to know that the right place for marriage isn't this end all be all. It's not an end goal totally. as a single Amen. person. Yep. I think the way that um, it shapes dating life and friendships and even upholding and keeping my friends that are married accountable, like it does still shape and affect the kingdom, even as a single person, like we can still work towards and honoring marriage and like desire that and also hold it in its kind of correct godly place in. And and here's the thing. It it is tense. Like it is a tension um, to desire that, but then also to be and follow God in however he has you and in whatever stage of life he has you. And so, um, yeah, that was, this is awesome. So, um, do you guys have anything else to add to the marriage part? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to add because it actually is pertinent towards the friendship conversation, I yeah. think, too. Because, Toby, you mentioned basically like acting out of values and mm-hmm. tying it back to what I said earlier, transformation is actions align with our values. So, it's really important because values are really core to our identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think we get in trouble when we start to judge each other's values. Yep. Mm. Most values are going to be good things, they're virtuous generally by nature. But we get in trouble because we start to like say, my values are better than yours, actually, so I should win this argument mm-hmm. and you should just do what I tell you to do. I know we're not all that harsh, but essentially that's essentially what we're trying to do a lot of times when yeah. we're trying to kind of, and we get into conflict with somebody, we're, we're essentially saying what I value is better than yours. Mm-hmm. And the other person's saying the same thing. And so number one, difficult conversations. Let's go back to that. Yeah. Let's really <laughs> dive yes. into that. Yes. Have yes. a healthy conflict yeah. rather than that very like head on, like face to face, like we're going to have a wrestling match to see whose value wins mm-hmm. to the blood, to the death kind of a thing. That's like, unfortunately how often we enter into conflict. Um, but I think a lot of us are not actually aware of our values mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really good to review those then. Mm-hmm. Like review and just whittle down like in your journal or something four to seven core values mm-hmm. that are like your thing, that are your identity, like really important for you. Um, because without that awareness, you're going to start acting on those values and not really see why you're having conflict around that. Um, mm-hmm. So knowing that and sharing that with your friends mm-hmm. and your spouse is really important then too so they can get a better understanding of who you are. It's the process of being known by somebody yeah. deeply. And it's a vulnerable yeah. space, but it's kind of the stuff that you have to do in order to say, I want to be healthy. And those values are going to align you with God's kingdom as you start to live into those more. So it's a really, mm-hmm. really healthy thing to do, I think, is to get really clear on what those are Mm -hmm. and then actually tell people about them. Mm -hmm. It can feel a little bit weird at first because you're kind of exposing yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. so they can kind of see that and a non-loving person could actually manipulate you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. take advantage of you. Many of us may have experienced that at times Mm -hmm. in other relationships so it can Mm -hmm. be hurtful. Um, So just want to throw that out there. That's so important. Yeah. So true. So good. And it kind of connects to, right, that like Mm -hmm. having kids then, right? Yeah. um, I I remember when when we were... um, when we were pregnant, we were about to have our first son back. Um, Brian, you, we had a dinner with you and, and Ruthie, and you guys were exactly having that conversation with us. 
You're like you should figure out what your family values are, mm. what you want to install in that kid. And it, it made such a difference for us to approach parenting um, because we wanted to like we want to really this is who we are as a family. This is who we are as parents. This is what we agree on as a value. And this is who, who, who we are inviting you into this. Yeah. Right. And so you start and raise your kids into like into these common values that you have together. And you are you're ultimately just building a unit that can become like a a powerhouse in the kingdom of God. It can, right? But it, it doesn't have to be. It's, I think, you know, a lot of that obviously also depends on the working of the Holy Spirit in this, right? <laughs> and dependency onto that. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I think that's that's like a part of raising kids and family look like in the, in the kingdom of God. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm both very involved in both of your families. And mm-hmm. so as also, you know, as the single person, like I don't have children, but I still know that, I, as a Christian and as a sister, as a auntie, like also has a responsibility and weight that I will also be parenting your children in some way, totally. right? Well, so, you'll yeah. have a reach into yeah. them that I don't have. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like when we when we went on vacation together and my son didn't want to go into the pool, <laughs> yeah. he would go to the pool with you and, and, and our friend Rachel, but not yeah. with us, right? Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, you, I couldn't have done that. You did that. Yeah. And I think a practical thing, like just how that plays out too, is like one being like, Brian, you said awareness, like that's so important being known, like sharing your family values with people who aren't necessarily like your children, but your community. And I think also too, this dynamic of the tension of like, we are all as Christians being reparented to the kingdom of God, to the family of God. And so like, I love how, I don't know which one of you said that, but express those a different way. I think Toby, Mm -hmm. it was you like, Mm -hmm everyone expresses that awareness and how they're known to mm-hmm. different people in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think even as we're talking about raising kids and family, like even someone who doesn't necessarily have the traditional, like I don't have children's or I'm not married yet, but I still consider myself part of families. I mm-hmm. still consider myself a kidless mom. Like I still um, <laughs> look in view. <laughs> I know view. I mean, kidless moms are kind of the best thing ever. Oh, because, that's amazing. Yeah, you, <laughs> Yeah, like, bye-bye, I'm, really, I'm going to go home to my own I'm really bed rested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really rested. Um, but I still take that as a responsibility um, to to our brother and sisters, like, to each other in that way. And so, yeah, I just see the opportunity as people who are single, that that is one way to live the kingdom out in that time. So, can you Do you want to talk about that a little yeah. bit more? Like, what does family building and parenting look like for you, for you as somebody who is yeah. single and not a mom, but, who, obviously, mom, but, yeah. but who does like parent and yeah. not only like our kids, but also a lot of people in our church. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important that you guys shared values. I think as a single person, like my values right now too, I've, I've done the work. Like yeah. my, I will get, I can share very vulnerably with all of them. It's like, they're all about courage and connectedness. Like every decision I make is around those two values, mm-hmm. whether it's my relationships or friendships um, my decisions, my work, like all of that revolves around a lot of conversations with God to mm-hmm. know like that those are my values. But you guys have also shared me, you know, your values as a family. And mm-hmm. so, and it's not just to like set those values and then like keep everybody else out. You actually have invited mm-hmm. each other into those, into that part of life too. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of it does look practical. It's like you spend time together, like you spend in community um, you get into conflicts with children. You mm-hmm. have to like 
parent them in a way of like, obviously within your own style, but also with the other fellow parents, like to talk about that, but Mm -hmm. you're involved in each other's lives. Mm I think that's great. Okay, great. Yeah. Well spoken. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Yeah. No, I think just showing up. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yep. showing up. Yeah. It's just such a big part of it. Yeah. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is friendship. How that looks in the kingdom of God. I know we've touched a little bit about that. So, just I, I think I'm I'm just going to refer back to you because like <laughs> I think every time I think about like kingdom friendships, I think about I think just to think about you, the way that oh, you like. No, I <laughs> yeah. think it's it's really like a committedness to each other, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I what I hear in you is like I. I am committed to you. Like you, when you're befriending somebody, when you're friends with somebody, you've committed to that person. And I've seen you feeling disappointed when that commitment mm-hmm. wasn't met on the other mm-hmm. side, right? Or like it, you feel like it can easily be broken by other parties into there. And it's like, what does friendships look like in the kingdom of God where, where, you, where, where you've committed to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what just I see with you. You're just like, I, I, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a kingdom friendship of uh, like a true commitment. Yeah. I think uh, it's funny. I'm like, thank you for noticing that. But also I'm like, oh, the tension happens when those are disappointments, when those Mm. commitments of friendship aren't mutual. Mm. And that is, that's hard. That is the moment too, where you have faith and conversations with God to say like, I'm going to, even though this has disappointed me and failed me right now, I'm going to keep pursuing that and not let bitterness um, creep in, not let um, disappointment kind of control the, the pursuit of further friendships. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, gosh, 10 years ago, I used to be like, no new friends. I'm done. They just keep leaving. San Francisco's Mm -hmm. hard, like all that stuff. I'm like, well, it comes to a point where you're like, well, I can't let that affect my future. Mm -hmm commitments in my future friendships so mm-hmm. yeah wow that's powerful mm-hmm. i um, think for me it's bringing up the idea of just showing up as such a big factor yeah. in all of these conversations um just being present yeah you know that's a bit of a catchword nowadays and so sometimes you just need a little unpacking of being present doesn't mean literally just being across the table from somebody because you could be checked out especially in today's world you know yeah. we make jokes about people who go on dates and they're like scrolling on their phone mm-hmm. you know yeah. like that's not presence you know, in our yeah. God's a God of presence, you think about that at the very, very beginning, the Garden of Eden, you know, God showed up, he walked with Adam and Eve, that's who he is, that's what he embodies, and you see when sin came, what was the thing mm-hmm. that Adam and Eve did, they hid, you know, mm-hmm. so like our world, when we think about it from a broken standpoint, is to disconnect, mm-hmm. is kind of the brokenness, and sometimes we do it out of self-preservation, mm-hmm. so I always want to acknowledge that, that sometimes it's necessary, so I don't want to yeah. ever push anybody into a situation where they don't feel safe, um, but our job is to create that safety then as believers. And so yeah. with friendships, anything, it's like I think our priorities, practically speaking, to be kingdom-minded mm-hmm. and focused is to create safe spaces for other people. That's mm-hmm. where the hospitality word comes into play a lot. It's been a big word mm-hmm. in, in Christian church right now, um, making space for people to feel safe and not feel like they have to guard up, you know, where they could actually be vulnerable and honest because that's mm-hmm. the things that are going to draw us close together mm-hmm. and provide that connection mm-hmm. for the mutuality. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I think we don't show up for other people because we're not so sure if they'll show up for us. Yeah. And it's like yeah. this vicious game then, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know about you, but yeah. I don't know about you, so I'm just going to give like an inch. Yeah. And if you yeah. take three inches, I'm going to back away because yeah. I don't want you to do that. That's yeah. not nice, you know? Mm-hmm. But then it's a game of like I'm an inch closer and there's not depth then. I've seen that in my friendships at times where it's like, let's hang out and you sort of talk about yeah. beer or you yeah. talk about sports yeah. and you so talk about whatever's on Netflix <laughs> and it's like fun, 
you know, I think that's the worldly view of friendship is like, you should mm-hmm. have fun. You should be entertained. It's kind of like flipping on the TV. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't like that one. I'm going to change the channel. That's mm-hmm. what we do with our friendships a little bit. We yeah. kind of flip mm-hmm. channels, you know, we're like, eh, that one's kind of losing its luster. It's boring. My character, my favorite character died off or something. Like, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of go, eh, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a really flippant way to treat our friendships. Um, but the Bible calls us much higher standard of mm-hmm. devotion and commitment and like being in yeah. each other's lives. And that's what I mean by being present and showing up. It's yeah. like, I'm here. You have my time. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. And, you know, we can get into consumerism kind of friendship where it's like, well, I want what I want out of this friendship. Yeah. And, you know, it should be mutual, like you said, Jess, when the mutual mm-hmm. is not there, you lose a little something. But mm-hmm. I think to show up well is really, really important. Just to add to that real quick, too, um, it feels like for me, kingdom um, or friendships in the kingdom are different because um, I think it's really, really hard to have good friendships digitally. I yes. think you actually need to have friendships in person, like deep friendship in person with people that you see mm-hmm. um, that, that are not just like text messages and stuff because there's no, there's no level of vulnerability really into there. And then I think you also, um, I think what's so important these days is having friendships where you can be challenged, mm-hmm. where they can challenge you and you're not feeling like negatively challenged, but where it's mm-hmm. inviting, where it's welcoming to be challenged because it's, it's coming out of love. It's not coming out of mm-hmm. um, out of fear, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not coming of judgment. Um, and then I think it's also really really important to have like I, I think a kingdom friendship is somebody that you can confess your sins to and repent mm-hmm. of your sins. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, and I, I just I think we do that too little. I, mm-hmm. I think we mm-hmm. don't we don't pursue confession and repentance. Um, and then I'm reminded of the passage Jesus says like confess and repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or repent for the kingdom of God's at hand, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I think that needs to be a consistent thing that we confess our sins to people. And uh, Bonhoeffer has an amazing quote onto that. Um, <laughs> yes. I know. As where, always. I know where he says that. <laughs> but he says something, yeah, I'm just uh, paraphrase what he says. It's like, we, we, it's easy for us to confess our sins to God, a God that we don't see, um, but it's a lot harder for us to ca- confess sins to our brothers that mm. we see. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we're in the danger of creating our own God by confessing just to somebody and, uh, that we don't see and then giving ourselves absolution for our sins by, by doing this. Like, oh, I've confessed this to God and therefore I'm forgiven. But it, and I've, I've seen this happening too when I practice confession with, with a friend. It's so much more powerful to mm-hmm. actually hear the words, well, thank you for saying this, you're forgiven, mm-hmm. um, from somebody else that's a person that is a Christian brother than it is to hear it from, from this, from your own voice or not even not really hearing it into it, you know? So I think that's, I think that's really like friendships in the kingdom need to have an element of confession and repentance mm-hmm. and challenging in there as well. And I think you can only have that with people that are uh, present in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, let's move on to how about work or possessions? How do those look different in the kingdom? I guess one sentence just to the work part, because obviously it's, I I think I just want to say it's hard for us to say, to talk about kingdom work, working (laughs) in ministry, right? Or we can talk about it. Right. But I think, I think the constant reminder, and that's what I heard my wife say that yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's like, yesterday's message was so good because she was just reminded that what she's doing in her job Mm -hmm. is not just what she does. It's actually being the presence of the kingdom at at work for her, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think if we're aware of that, what Dave was talking about yesterday, that we are pre- Christ's presence at work, that's our first and foremost mm-hmm. call, calling, mm-hmm. is to be present 
as Christ followers and as the presence of Christ in our workplaces. I think it can transform the way we do work. Yeah, because I work with parents and kids a lot, I like to think about things very simply. Yeah. And so, you know, I was just reflecting on the Lord's Prayer mm. in light of the Sermon on Sunday, too, because it's just simple language there, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that's just really beautiful. And I was just thinking about how could we teach this to our children? You know, how can I equip parents with some language? And I was trying to simplify again, just if what you're doing is loving, then it's good. Mm-hmm. Then you're doing work for the kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a child who's in class, you know, or, or drawing even, you know, that's work mm-hmm. for them sometimes, right? Yeah. And it, I think as believers, we just need to think about that simply too. I know it's very broad and you could kind of justify, mm-hmm. but be honest, I guess, is what I would say. And have accountability where your friendships can chime in too. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about your interactions with your coworkers, talk about your manager and how you're viewing and even in conflict, you know, can you be loving in that? You know, talk it through and let them challenge you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not being loving, you know, if you're letting your anger get the better of you, or your frustration or bitterness setting root in. Um, so just being loving, because that's what's going to draw people to mm-hmm. the kingdom as well. You know, we're called to be witnesses and we're called to be salt and light. And that should naturally draw people to be more curious about God and to want to know him and be part of his kingdom. And I know of no better way mm-hmm. than to be a loving presence wherever you go. So when work is to show up and just be loving, again, that's a really, really high cliche statement, but again, the really root comes in like if you're being honest with yourself and are you being loving in those, in those workplaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in that question, I actually thought about possessions. <laughs> and for me, it was like uh, being a good steward. And honestly, I don't know about you guys, but my greatest joy in COVID has been to be on the buy nothing <laughs> group. <laughs> Because also, I'm like, what an awesome example of possessions being given away for free. And for me, I think the mentality of approaching either just stewardship and just possessions, look in the kingdom of God. I'm like, in Acts, like the early church, like mm. there is no need. Mm-hmm. Like, and they shared everything. Um, they shared everything. Mm-hmm. And I also know that I'm happy to be like, this is just stuff to me. It's just things. Mm-hmm. And... I think when you start small and then you get larger and larger and like giving things away, it just becomes kind of fun mm-hmm. too. It's like as a gift to people. Um, and yeah, I just view my things that I own that are like, mm-hmm. they're not really mine. Mm-hmm. They're God's. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know yeah. if this plays into the possession yeah. part, but for me, um, I'm really cautious about what I'm buying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really like one of my values is to uh, try to buy things that are not, Sweat, mm. like don't they're they don't have like they're not made in sweatshops they're not cheap they're like actually you know that you can trust the sources mm-hmm. where they're coming from mm-hmm. it's really hard but but it is yeah. because and it's not just hard it's expensive yeah. <laughs> it's expensive to live in that <laughs> yes, lifestyle yes. because you only you don't you don't yeah. not every company does that but and it's so easy and cheap to just you know buy something off of this brand or that brand when you know you know you just support child labor you know you support mm, uh you know yeah. like the enslavement of people and mm-hmm. and um and I think it plays into the aspect, like for me, it's just super important to know where my clothes are being made or where my things are being made. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that I'm not supporting some sort of mass chains that, that, um, that take this out of people, you know, mm-hmm. misuse people who are image bearers, right? I think that's, that's kind of like loving, that's a loving thing to do. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. loving my neighbor is by not, by being cautious of what I'm buying and where I'm buying from, you know? Yeah. 
I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> you guys crushed it <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, it's really about surrender. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think so much of God's kingdom is about, I'm going to give up my agenda yeah. for the plan of God. Mm-hmm. And that's just like yeah. the boiled down version of what this conversation is. Like, yeah. I just want to surrender all my rights, yeah. my desires and my perspectives to say, God, give me yours. Yeah. And it's not like he just downloads a new programming software and it's like, okay, do, 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 you know, X, Y, Z, do this and that. He lets us play it out in real time, in real life. And so there's going to be that tension, that conflict in everything yeah. we do. So if you find yourself clinging to possessions, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's evidence that you care, mm-hmm. you know, and it's evidence that maybe there's something there for you to explore. Mm-hmm. Now, why is this so important? I mean, why is it hard for me to let this go? Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to add to this conversation then in the light of that is let's not shame other people. Let's not totally. shame ourselves. Yeah. We're all in this place mm-hmm. where we're becoming more true to who God created us to be. Mm-hmm. So it's an identity thing mm-hmm. for a lot of us. And all of us need that transformation. Mm-hmm. The Bible is very clear on that. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. not a one of us that's exempt from this process yeah. mm-hmm. of like uprooting the, the worldly parts mm-hmm. of us that have kind of set in yeah. and the behaviors. And so um, go forward in this conversation, yeah. applying these principles yeah. with a lot of grace for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, and every step forward is a win. Yeah. Yeah, do you guys want to add anything in closing just as encouragement to our church of, you know, as they get to listen and re-listen if they want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to this of, yeah. Yeah, I think I think one thing I just wanted to um, add is the concept of like practicing all this, right? I think I think it's, we've, we've phrased, we've, we've said this a lot of time in community groups, like community groups are a, a place to practice mm-hmm. uh, certain values and things. And mm-hmm. and, and I think that, that um that the kingdom of God is, is kind of similar to that in a way too, is where you get to practice more and more, right? It's part of the transformation. You practice kingdom living with each other and, and for yourself. Um, and I think one thing that just kept on coming back in this conversation that I, I didn't hear anybody directly say, but it's like um, Jesus' words in Matthew 44 where he says, um, like, but I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Like that's kingdom living. It's not just loving your neighbor, but it's also loving your enemy. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when you were talking about the tension earlier that we started with, I think after, after this election time, we all feel a tension, <laughs> right? There's mm-hmm. like, and I think we've, we, everybody has found their enemies. Mm. You know, we all, we, are, we all have found enemies. And now we are invited into how to love our enemies mm-hmm. now we're invited to see what enemy love actually looks like because i think if you learn how to love your enemy you can even love your neighbor better mm-hmm. you know and i think that's the invitation um that i for for myself see is like loving my enemies so that i can love my brothers and sisters even better mm-hmm. yeah i think for me one of the things is you know in a practical way I'm like start small yeah. we talked about a lot of topics yeah. you know and um i think something that i've just been personally just like praying for is like seeking people who are really different than me and to add to like proximity but also like the diversity of thought mm-hmm. because i think for mm-hmm. me it's such a good practical way to learn about things that are not in my own little world so for mm-hmm. me to expand the kingdom of God is like to get other perspectives and then also just to ask God in your prayer time to like stay faithful mm-hmm. and to be wholehearted. Like yeah. even if you mess up the wholeheartedness, the purity is there. And so, yeah, as a practical thing, I just would say, yeah, be faithful, mm. be wholehearted and honest mm. in that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian? Yeah. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to say is it speaks to culture, a lot of what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, with values and kingdom. It's culture. And so I think what we're asking ourselves to do and our whole church is to think about how can you cultivate your own personal culture of yeah. being yeah. Mm-hmm. to be aligned as much as possible with yeah. the kingdom of God. Yeah. So it's a very personal thing you're doing. As yeah. much as we're talking about relationships and community, mm-hmm. yeah. that's going to manifest outside of your culture mm-hmm. that you've created for yourself. And first and foremost, as followers of Jesus, your culture should be abiding in Christ. Mm-hmm. Number Amen. one, that's why we're doing what we're doing yeah. with yeah. the rule of life right, right. now. Yeah. Right. You know, We're saying let's commit mm-hmm. to join close to God. And I'm a firm believer that as we take care of that, Mm-hmm. other people will start to draw close to God as a result of the yeah. manifestation of what mm-hmm. that produces in our lives. You know, it produces fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the Bible is clear on that too, mm-hmm. that simply abiding in Christ will produce fruit. You know, we know what that mm-hmm. fruit is. The Bible is clear about that too. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right. goodness, right. faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those good things that I think the world might judge at times, but ultimately they will not be able to say that's bad. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. world will have to look at those and say, that's mm-hmm. good yeah. fruit. Yeah. It's a universal. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible is just brilliant like that. God is amazing like that. Yeah. No one can deny that when a Christian is living in their fullness, mm-hmm. that they're producing good fruit. Yeah. You know, that's a real witness to the world. And so um, mm-hmm. just encourage that. As you make yeah. these small steps, God will produce yeah. fruit. And it's yeah. time. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's time. It's time. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining me. This was really fun and really informative. I love chatting in person with you guys. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. <laughs>